presented a Harry and Bretton production. Producer Bretton Campbell, featuring Harry and Mr. Cornell and Bretton Campbell. This is Criticism. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Credit Chasers. I'm Harry. I'm Breton. Did you say 30, 30 seconds to start recording? That was correct. I think I was on yes. cue with you. All right. So yeah, um, we we killed it. Nice. I'm not going to have to do any background syncing work. I mean, that's good. I don't like having to do work. As we try to keep these clean. Yeah. This is credit chasers i'm harry mm-hmm. uh well well you already said that but i'll, I'll say i'm breton okay, again okay uh, well you know i was giving you an alternate intro if you wanted to cut out the best. do you really think this. do you either, do you really do you really believe i'm going to do that <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. nor should you yeah, probably not. this is episode seven this is the movie podcast that travels by credit where we're allowed to talk about any movie so long as we find it through an interconnected credit of the previous movie we talked about Mm -hmm. i should open my chart but last week we talked about what did we talk about movie What? what oh we talked about oh is that token zero yeah zero that was it forgot Mm -hmm. completely i definitely didn't hell you last week we talked to zero a pretty good little token movie it's been more than a week in real life for Mm -hmm. for us listeners but that's kiri amayama's or that's not his name amamiya's uh, pretty solid toku action movie starring or perhaps featuring an actor by the name of i believe yukitomo tachino um a lot of titties on his letterbox page just a little oh his fact. you mean his, yeah. his big big moves I, i'm not looking at his letterbox or his imdb i'm, I'm looking at the the uh, the list of natural horror films, which links out from Gamera to Attack of uh, of Legion's okay. Wikipedia page, at the bottom there's a link you know to see. Also, it says list of killer okay. insect films, so it goes to that part of of cool. the Wikipedia page. So we got a lot of options if we ever want to change up our format. We want to go to use Wikipedia or something. There's a, there's many honeybee movies, such as The Deadly Bees I, from 1966. There's a Naked I Jungle and Ant movie. The that now defunct movie blog what was the name it was like x the dissolve mm-hmm. had a had a series that worked like that where they would follow the like similar titles mm-hmm. on various services not a not a terrible bit yeah but we but got that's it not our bit. yeah I, I was yeah. i was just sort of intrigued because i didn't know that there was a, a comprehensive list of that of that nature IMDB user tags are weird and horny, low-key. Like, you can find some really weird hyper-specific tags where you're like, hmm, that's your weird fetish. Yeah, people be jacking off. I don't know if you knew this. People be doing I mean, they do, and they do be finding the things they like to jack off about and tagging them on IMDB. Mm -hmm. Pretty normal. Damn, there's a mollusk Um, section. There's a, a slug movie. And then there's three octopus and squid movies. I- I'm done. That's all I'll say there. Okay, but do let me know what's in the slug movie. I'm curious. All right. It's called Slugs, 1988. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Directed by... Uh, oh, known, known under the Spanish title, Slugs Muerte Viscosa. Uh, directed okay. by Juan Piquer Simon. Uh, he's Spanish. Yeah, he's best known for... Two cult classic horror exploitation films, Pieces, 1982, and Slugs, the movie, 1988. Uh, Pieces is familiar. Slugs, I know for a fact, has a nice 4K transfer in recent years, because of course it does. Hell yeah. I, I mean, he also directed Cthulhu Mansion, 
which sounds uh, okay. Sounds like a time. He 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 directed a uh, the Pod People, which was on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. So he's that kind of guy, you know. I he's mean, as good a segue as any. Lots of Mystery Science three thousand Gamera apps, really, which is what we're talking about today. Uh, At least a couple. I started to watch one, and I was just like, they they're not funny. Why wouldn't I just watch one of those movies by myself? It's not funny. I watched one episode recently. A bunch of mutuals tweeted was like their favorite. Was it good? I had a fine time. It, it was. It was an actual bad movie, which probably helped. Mm. Like it wasn't a movie like a Gamera movie where I would watch and enjoy it, mm-hmm. and sort of divorced from the irony. It was a genuinely bad movie. Maybe that helped. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I either. do feel like I just kind of possibly missed, you know, uh, th- that whole media property. Yeah, yeah. Not really. Not really mine. Not really mine either. But, but yeah, I am desperately trying to f- try to confirm this actor's name and having like a weirdly hard time. But we're jumping from one of the. Two, only two main human characters in Zerum, that actor, also appears in Gamera 2, Attack of the Legion. Mm-hmm. Bit of an awkward subtitle there. Attack of the Legion is like a little chewy. Yeah. But um, we, th- we thought we jumped at this because it's sort of on brand with Zerum. Breton had recently watched the first of this 90s trilogy and then as i understood was sort of vaguely intending to watch the second anyway so i figured it wouldn't be too much of a chore Mm -hmm. and i think i i like i don't know if has actually come up on the pod that much is that i'm a i'm a bit of a kaiju guy Mm -hmm. yeah not on this pod maybe in a, a past one yeah, it has to have. Right? Well, we watched the Godzilla, we, didn't we, one time? We talked Shin Godzilla, yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Oh, although, defunct. Not sure that that is available online right now. Didn't we can't remember. do one about Go- Godzilla versus Kong 2 at some point? True. I think that one might be available. Hmm. Um. But yeah, something of a of a kaiju guy in that I've seen certainly every Gamera movie, every Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. I am going to confirm this actor's name if it's the fucking death of me. I don't know why IMDb doesn't have photos of anyone. Good. Uh, do you? You don't. You don't remember his character name oh, no. in either of those movies, no, right? Definitely yeah, I not. mean, sorry. Nor, nor, nor should you. It's just weird. I, I, I think the credits for Zerum in uh, IMDb are just like in a weird order. Mm. Crossover too. Yeah, here he is. Yukijiro Hotaru is is our connected credit. Japanese actor. He is in all three of the 90s Gamera movies. He's in Kiyoshi Kurosawa, featured on the podcast's movie Cure. He's in Zerum, and a few other things I've heard of. Not sure why IMDb was like, no, you can't know the central cast of Zerum. Only these random names that don't matter. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that is our our Yukijiro Hotaru is our connection today. He he's only in Gamera too a little bit, but before we get into like specifics of this movie, do you think Breton it would be beneficial to sort of set up Gamera as a fictional character for the audience? I feel like you know everyone knows Godzilla. You don't need that much of a sort of preamble. Mm-hmm. But Gamera might constitute a slightly deeper cut. There might be some normal people that aren't as familiar with his whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gamera comes around uh, as basically a direct sort of 
competitor to Godzilla. It is a very conscious attempt to in um, in sixty five. I want to want to say or so to compete with Godzilla Daiei Studios, who you know are one of these sort of older, um, fairly classical Japanese studio. They produced you know some Kurosawa movies, some like. He, you know, legitimate weighty stuff. Yeah. But they felt they were sort of lagging behind Toho at this period as far as the, you know, butts in seat popcorn fair went. Toho had clearly landed on something with Godzilla and Kaiju. And so Gamera sort of, I think, inarguably comes about as a direct Godzilla knockoff. We get this black and white single monster, sort of 50s monster flavored first Gamera movie in around 65. Pretty fun movie. I think my favorite detail of of that one is, is that they introduce Gamera with this roster of abilities so powerful, so, so much more powerful than Godzilla. Damn. God is us. That um, they can't beat him in that movie. They do sort of a a bit that I always like, where you know the 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 best they can do is just sort of put Gamera on ice. In fact, the thing they do at the end of that movie, spoilers for Gamera from '65 or so, <laughs> is um trick him into getting onto a spaceship and then flying him to Mars. Damn. That's kind of rude. Just get him out of here. I mean, he's probably a mass murderer, but that's still a bit rude, I think. True. I always... I think he, like, shrugs off a nuke in that movie. It's pretty funny. Just the clear, like, heightening past Godzilla. Like, oh, you need a a faux nuke to beat Godzilla. Well, Gamera will withstand your nuke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to one-up the, the competition if you ever you hope to survive in, the, in this business. I actually think that sort of thing is always a fun... Belief. I think about... Uh, I think it might, unfortunately, be a Warren Ellis comic, but there's a pretty good Fantastic Four comic that ends with... It's like a Galactus comic. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's gonna be like in the Ultimate Marvel line or whatever, yeah, yeah. like a soft reboot thing. I don't really remember. Um, but I, what I do remember is that in the story, they can only beat uh, uh, Galactus. They open a rift in space-time to another universe's Big Bang, or possibly our universe's Big Bang, and then, like, direct the energy of the Big Bang like a gun at Galactus, which is a pretty fun premise of its, in of itself, but the bit that I think is similar to the ending of of Gamera is that it doesn't kill or or sort of roundly defeat Galactus. It just annoys him enough to send him away. <laughs> Fair and enough. That's sort of the Gamera vibe. They just fly him out of here. Yeah, yeah, you could give him a unpaid vacation. But then you get, you know, a decade or two of Gamera movies. It doesn't have sort of the second wins that Godzilla does as a franchise, which I think is why it you know, lingers behind Godzilla in the sort of cultural imagination. But through, like, the 60s, 70s, th- those two franchises are really in conversation, and frequently you'll see, um, actually, as it gets deeper, Godzilla's sort of, like, box office numbers in Japan or whatever will start to wane, and Gamera's will start to rise. And Gamera, for those who don't, who don't who might not know... He's a big turtle. Yeah. It's very similar to Godzilla. He's a big reptile. He breathes fire, except he's a turtle. Mm-hmm. He has sort of underbite tusks like a warthog. Mm-hmm. And he can retract his limbs, fly like a flying saucer, sort of in his turtle shell, which has always been a fun gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, basically sort of a... a power set akin to Godzilla 
but the movies sort of carved out their own space in a few ways. One, they're like almost universally cheaper than Godzilla movies, mm. which lends them certainly a sort of visual sensibility that is distinct a little they lean into it. They end up being ultimately a little more cartoony, a little bit wackier. Oh, yeah. There's stuff like Gamera doing acrobatics on Mars or whatever. As he should. Honestly. As he should. That are like, I don't know if you've seen that gif that goes around sometimes of Godzilla doing the like, the like toe, the heel click jump in celebration. Oh, I might have, yeah. Gamera like leans into that kind of thing a little more with the character, and and partially it it makes canonical that Gamera just wants to defend little kids, and so it starts to aim the whole franchise more at children. But then it also makes this choice to look at the stylistic ticks or whatever of mainline Godzilla. And at this point, through the 60s and 70s, one of the sort of unwavering auteurs for a long time, until maybe the 70s or so, of Godzilla is Eiji Tsuburaya, the the special effects guy from the first movie on for a long time, eventually leaves the franchise when he starts his own studio and starts creating uh, Ultraman, that's his character. Um he was always adamant that the violence in Godzilla movies had to be like child friendly Mm. even though those movies would flirt more with like hefty thematics or whatever maybe than your gamers the violence had to be sort of aimed at kids they were very anti-blood anti-gore Gamera, perhaps just in an attempt to be different, has always been splattery. Monsters will get lopped into bits. Yeah. There'll be blood. Um, Gooey. And so that that gives that original run of Gamera this like fever dream, adult swimmy sort of vibe, where it's like aimed at children narratively and stylistically, but it's also like weirdly violent and sort of confused. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. I think this later 90s reinterpretation of the character you'll see maintains a lot of those things but tries to sort of cohere them tonally, which I think is uh, in in general pretty well done. But but that's, I feel like, some decent backdrop on, on Gamera as a character. This is the sequel to um... Gamera Guardians of the Guardian singular of the universe which which you says he's seen mm-hmm. before this what did you think of that one same director obviously this is a very of a piece yeah they do feel of a piece I guess the only yeah you the only way I could really talk about it is in terms of this one I guess hmm yeah yeah, yeah it's a little the, the first one is a little saggier I guess because it's it's mm. more it's it's slightly more character focused, I guess. Uh, uh, this one is more divided, sort of. It's, it's minimalistically divided into three, more or less equal thirds, uh, w- with basically no character to speak of. It's sort of like it almost has that Shin Godzilla kind of, uh, you know, institutional response to the monster that's sure. at the expense of character, which I, I'm not necessarily saying is a bad thing. I, I just think they're different in that sense and 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 I guess this one m- could could be considered superior because it's more in- economically focused on delivering uh what the people want I guess that's all you really want from these movies like you said they're not really even attempting to deal with any sort of serious somatics in in these ones at least I know you're referring to the older ones but it's it's just a vehicle for monsters to splat each other and I and I guess in that sense if you're judging it under that rubric you'd have to say this one's better probably yeah maybe it's it's again sort of worth saying in case anyone listening isn't super familiar with the genre this is I would say has gone on at least who I think they were pretty critically acclaimed in their day or whatever but mm-hmm. has 
certainly gone on. I would say this trilogy is considered now one of the sort of cohesive highlights of the the sort of heyday whatever of kaiju movies mm. it's pretty highly thought of and i and I, I would say even more narrowly this movie is considered the highlight of this trilogy so it's a very i would say like well thought of movie amongst mm. whatever genre heads genre heads um but uh, you know that doesn't doesn't oblige you to like it. So I'm curious what uh, what you thought like mm-hmm. watching this. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess th- that's all I can really say. You know, you know, it did what it it did what it is supposed to do. It fulfilled its function, I guess. You know, I I, I like monsters stomping around. I, I guess you know obviously it's an unfair comparison to make maybe i i prefer it this sort of thing played more straight as a as a sort of operatic disaster thing like the original mm. godzilla like there's obvious you know there's not or 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 even shin godzilla in its own way is much more interested in the disaster movie sort of thing yeah but 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 even so, yeah, there's some there's some good bits. Like I enjoyed it in the way I'll enjoy a good episode of Ultraman or whatever. There's some good attacks, mm-hmm. you know. There's some good moments. Yeah, I like it that the 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 main bad guy monster can sort of absorb his fireballs. It's kind of funny, uh, you know. Uh, m- m- I I still think maybe the first one has the best individual bit in that sense, where he blows the monster's head off. I believe at the end of that one. It's just kind of cool. He sort of just sort of gibs his head, and he kind of just collapses forward or something like that, uh, from what I vaguely remember. But yeah, there's there's still a lot of good moments in this one. And you know, you can you can't. I I could never say I dislike a movie for doing what it's so clearly trying to do. And I think when you when you sit with this genre or these movies or whatever that's worth, it starts to become more obvious what these movies do different Mm. and part of that is just um the the director suzuki kaneko but also the um the special effects sort of sort of auteur you'll find that a you know often with these movies they'll end up sort of having a you know, a secondary, let's say, auteur who is who, who is the special effects artist because they're so, you know, dependent mm-hmm. on on special effects to even be a movie. Yeah, it's a it's it's a little bit like the the Ray Harryhausen thing or whatever, where you know the special effects artist can be as much an auteur, but Shinji Higuchi is the the special effects artist on the the Gamera trilogy here, the 90s Mm. trilogy. He also worked on Shin Godzilla. Mm. For for example, he is in fact the co-director of oh, Shin exactly. Godzilla yeah. and the director of Shin Ultraman. So someone who's you know obviously gone on to, to, to whatever be you know tour yeah. even more clearly. But um, here are some of the the things he worked on as you know in various roles. He worked as a storyboard artist on Gunbuster, which we've podcasted about. Oh, yeah, way back in the day. Yeah. World. Yeah. Special effects on Gamera, storyboards on the on Neon Genesis Evangelion, Gamera 2, and Viva, Gamera 3. Um the the some of the Eva Redux movies it looks like here. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess um, that makes sense. Yeah, that he'd be with them on those. I think the Attack on Titan live action movies can't speak to. Th- yeah, he he worked on all of the Eva Redux movies. So you know, someone with a a vision, or at least someone willing and capable of meeting directors on their vision. Yeah. Too. 
because something you'll find with the Gamera trilogy that like when you look for it really sets it apart from some of its contemporaries and its predecessors is its commitment to sort of ground level imagery Mm. these are movies really interested in doing something that you know something like pacific rim or godzilla 2014 on the western end of things try to do this too where you're framing from you know a human grounded pov as much as possible yeah which you know sounds obvious or whatever but it's novel in a in a real way for these movies at the time it's 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 you know it's a take beyond what some of the the contemporaries have and i think the gamma movies um or this trilogy especially not the previous ones really at all um, <laughs> really uh execute that that well and i think some of that is that i think they in general do a decent job of like mechanically interweaving the human elements with the kaiju elements there's a little bit of give and take there in both directions in ways that are compelling and um you'd be surprised you know it seems like on on the face of it like the the way the human elements the kaiju elements intersect and in this movie might be really obvious or whatever they manage to contribute a little bit to the final fight through some stuff they figured out they're following the kaiju whatever amazing how often movies either don't even really bother to set up anything that clean or fail completely or overcomplicate it to the point of it being white noise. Yeah, I heard that um, uh, second go- American Godzilla monster verse movie was kind of like that. I haven't watched that one. What is it called? King of Monsters or something? Godzilla King of Monsters. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. The one where they present like a climactic action scene and cut away to show human characters you don't care about. yelling at each other in a van (laughs) and and sort of redeeming the genocidal character of the movie because she's a mother damn it's a bad movie (laughs) Uh, pretty good yeah yeah this one at least i should have said too it has a sort of ground level uh you know monster monster movie stuff with it with the tiny boys that's that's a that's the thing this Mm -hmm. this movie has for you going for it it has those tiny boys and it also has a frankly kind surprisingly disturbing image of uh gamera getting swarmed by those tiny boys they sort of yeah yeah it's, it looks kind of fucked up especially with sort of the smoky frame uh and like the you know the the obviously incredibly dark lighting and stuff it looks the bizarre legion soldiers are those sort of yeah. man-sized insect enemies it has real again like 50s monster movies like them mm-hmm. sort of vibes uh, I was watching some BTS of this movie, and certainly when they swarm Gamera, I noticed was CG. But once they're on him, it seems like they have a separate version yeah. of the suit that's like, you know, the silhouette, but made up of little guys, <laughs> which I thought was good. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it did look sort of tactile when they were actually on him. Yeah, there's some, there's some, uh, yeah, there's some, some slightly more sort of, uh, conspicuous cgi like the missiles and stuff but i think it adds to i think it adds to that 90s uh you know japanese action flick aesthetic a lot of those movies had pretty conspicuous cgi and i don't i think it really hurts them i i think if anything it's reasonably tasteful here compared to some of its contemporaries yeah yeah i was oh you go ahead i was yeah yeah sir no that's okay the BTS I was watching, they were talking to some of the CG artists who were complaining like they felt they didn't have a they didn't have the time to finish some of the effects in the first one. Mm. That in general they felt camera two a little more polished. But also one of the special effects guys was talking, which I thought was interesting, about coming from working with E.G. Tsuburaya, again, the guy who was the special effects auteur for the original run of Godzilla movies, and then for the first three or four Ultraman shows. Mm. 
um, and saying like, and in an average day on an EG set, they'd be looking to do double digit setups. So, you know, 10 plus scenes or whatever Ooh. setups, shots, um, that it was really wild coming onto the Gamma movies because the special effects guy, they would aim to do three setups mm. a day and normally do two and prep <laughs> for the third. Um, <laughs> kind of chill. Just, I, and I think a lot more attention play, paid to minutia, it sounds like. Some of that is just obviously that special effects technology is a lot more refined. There's a lot more concern about things matching. Yeah. And some of the actors were talking about that too, like that they would do planning or whatever for shots and then so much on the day there would be revision because they'd be cross-referencing other footage and being like oh we need more smoke we need this angle we need blue lights now kind of thing in order to actually match you know the monster footage and vice versa Mm -hmm. um but also i think yeah there, there is that sort of you know there's shots in this movie where you see say like pov at a car window of gamma as one of the protagonists drives by just the sort of ground level more complicated more composite heavy yeah. sort of realistic stuff that is sort of you know relatively new and and again if you compare this to some of the like 90s godzilla or whatever like i think the gamma version of of this era is a lot more refined and sophisticated. I can see that. I with guess, a few yeah. exceptions. Um, a lot of this team worked on GMK, aka uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Damn. The full title of that one. Um, which is another really good, like, you know, kaiju from this era. And that's a ton of the same team, though applying a lot of similar sort of philosophies or whatever to a Godzilla movie. It's another movie with grounded, sort of cleanly, uh, narratively interwoven human elements and and solid kaiju action. Damn, they should have found a way to cross them over. Never did. They should have had Godzilla versus Gamera. You know, there's been heavy speculation that that we're going to start seeing you know, whatever, Shin Ultraman, Shin Godzilla crossover, now that they're sort of, Ooh. you know, same studios yeah, involved the, the Shin for the first verse. time. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I, I don't see any signs of that, personally. Yeah. Hard to tell. What did you think of... Um, well, let's... let's oh, we're, we're, we're doing kaiju. We gotta talk suits. What did you think of Gamera's look in this movie it's slightly tweaked and I I think when we were watching I pointed out a couple things for you to to notice or whatever Mm -hmm. but slightly tweaked from the first of the 90s movies wonder how you felt about Gamera this movie aesthetically what did you think I thought it was animation whatever I thought it felt a little cleaner I thought beyond the stuff you said isn't its shade a little different it feels like a darker shade of green or something or maybe I'm imagining that mm, or, or it like it looks more it looked less awkward than it did the first time I guess it being awkward was kind of part of the part of the charm and the vibe of it originally but it looked when it was walking especially it looked less sort of hunched and sort of strange and awkward this time around to me i don't know maybe i'm just used to it i think the compositing in general is a lot cleaner and like the framing Mm. and stuff like it's just more cinematic yeah that's true i don't know so in this one key different for those not in the know because you're making a godzilla movie you have to build this suit right Mm. And and man, those things used to be heavy, by the way. They they got a lot lighter by this era. But uh, if you read accounts of like the first first few Godzilla movies, those suits were so heavy the the first Gojira they they describe taking 
cupfuls of pooled sweat out of the costume Whew. every day. Let me gulp some of that down. <laughs> Just drink a fucking... Brutal. Yeah, that's disgusting. There's, there, there's a reason why in the 90s they retired the pool, because they used to take those 100-plus pound costumes and put them underwater. Nice. And they did that right up until the 90s when finally someone almost drowned, like, like really almost drowned. And they were like, we can't keep actually putting them in water. <laughs> Pretty good. But um, all the suits, because those suits are these huge costuming and the engineering challenges, they often get um, modded, reused briefly, or redone completely depending on the movie and so the kaiju nerddom whatever has names all of them are sort of labeled so you know like okay for these three movies it was the same godzilla suit and that suit has a sort of a name if you want to read about it Mm. or 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 more often, you know, maybe it's used for one and a half. It gets modded. It gets yeah, yeah. whatever. It becomes its own thing. So this camera is the region game. Region which game. is me incredibly westernizing, presumably a sort of phonetic variant on Legion Gamera cutoff, right? right, right region right. game. Um, so it's almost the same suit from the first one they redesigned the head a little bit it's more angular it has more sort of pronounced bone structure that makes sense and um bigger teeth it's just a little like meaner i guess yeah um yeah sharper i I don't know if you felt that sharper yeah it felt less rounded and sort of ambling yeah friendly maybe yeah yeah um and i think Possibly that's just the benefit of you've already established in the first movie that Gamera is friendly, mm. a friend to children canonically. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he is chill. He basically gets powered up by people's prayers and shit. I think in this movie, mm. is that what that bronze, yeah, pixie dust is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that's the the other small change is that they reworked the design on his chest plate so it could more cleanly open to sort of do that prayer power chest blast yeah yeah good for him yeah um and the way this suit worked is like if if you look at it the actor's head is about a head below camera's head and then that's like its own sort of puppeted controlled um thing which which is stuff you only really start to see in the 90s when you can do like more animatronic Mm. complicated puppeteering things like that um a a great example of that is the legion suit and i wonder how you feel about legion both small and large as a monster design uh small i don't know i feel like you don't actually don't get a super good look at the small ones a lot of the time head on they're always sort of in a long shot with a bunch of them like a flock of birds or you see their big singular eye that gets played up a few times yeah that's yeah that guy caps one close range mm-hmm. kind of fun yeah 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 i guess i should say yeah there's there's the eye stuff which is fun it there's a good, good shots of them lurking behind objects with that big eye peeking out but i i do like i i do like big big legion a lot i think it's a nice counterpart being sort of pale white and bony compared to gamma sort of sort of lumpy greenness yeah he, he has an you know an even more angular sharpness that like, contrasts with him nice i like that that he has sort of claws extending out where his turtle shell would normally be if he was a gamera kind of thing he's like he's like twisted gamera he's like his metal sonic kind of vibes you know <laughs> so he they were joking in the bts i watched about his head looking like a mosquito mm, yeah he kind of kind of looks like a dinosaur bug mm. like a fossil yeah. It's a fairly complicated suit. It's called canonically the Mother Legion. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually two actors, Mizuha Yoshida and Toshinori Sasaki, um, using the quote Dodongo method. What's that? So an actor in the front and 
back half of the suit, apparently there's a monster called Dodongo mm. in Ultraman. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's sort of the, the, the pioneer of this. Um, Yoshida, in particular, was in um, GMK. He played Godzilla in that one. GMK is cool, by the way, because Godzilla is the villain of that movie, oh, so which is unusual. The others are trying to kick his ass. Which is really a neat. Normally, it's that squad v Ghidorah, and in GMK, it's everyone v Godzilla. Pretty cool. Damn. Uh, a great one of my favorite Godzilla designs. Again, a lot of the same pedigree as this movie has sort of similar selling points. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Yoshida was very experienced, and the other actor, Sasaki, had also played Baragon in GMK and had actually played or went on to play Gamera in the one-off 2000s Gamera. Mm. And so they wanted two actors in part to eliminate the need for any wire work on like the claws and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. assume that that means the second actor in the tale was probably you know, remote controlling that stuff electronically to some degree. Mm-hmm. You'll see, of course, like, um, Bialante, another monster from around this era that, similar to Legion, is, like, much bigger than the star kaiju. Oh, yeah, yeah, and big size discrepancy here. You can kind of see that in a lot of the wide shots. Legion, I think, is easily the biggest thing Gamera has fought in all his movies. Like, he's significantly, or she, I guess, yeah. one of the few canonically female kaiju villains, is Girl significantly boss. bigger. Mm-hmm. And I guess they wanted to avoid, like, in Bialante, Bialante has, like, a core, and then he has a lot of extended tendrils and components that are puppeted at a distance, I guess they wanted to avoid those wires i'm not sure honestly what you gain by doing that when you're doing like some digital compositing anyways yeah but i i do think the end design is really cool it's striking and it's um you know they compare it in movie to be like a spider or a crab it does have that sort of arachnid exoskeleton yeah broken silhouette thing that makes it sort of hard to read combined with this movie's aforementioned propensity for ground level shots which means a lot of smoke rubble obfuscation it's almost hard i feel like to like grok the clean silhouette of legion yeah that's sort of to its benefit yeah it seems pretty intentional it doesn't feel like a lack of control or anything or an oversight and i think gamera has such a clean silhouette too that 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 helps right yeah like you can then get away with the nemesis being a little bit like eldritch and, and confusing yeah you literally an alien so i guess too fair enough literally an alien the <clears throat> the only alien in the 90s trilogy although that's not true of of 60s camera we should you should spin a 60s camera i think they're a completely different vibe way wackier way weirder like from here yeah. like podcast wise just just hop skip over there you mean i mean we could on the bonus feed i suppose there's no rules here oh yeah we because we um, already have our next step lined up we can't do it yeah, yeah we yeah. do yeah. yeah we have a we have a guest for that one classic guest's choice Woo. um but we find our way to Gamera again sometime. We don't need to force it. No, no. I would be, it would be fun to watch like uh, versus Gios or something, like one of the full like Saturday morning cartoon bizarre, the ones that would show up on MST3K or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, They're weird. And they're weird in a way that's very distinct from from the you know, contem- the contemporary Godzillas or whatever, which mm-hmm. also tend to be wacky, but just in a, in a different way of like. But speaking of sort of recontextualizing the 60s stuff, something I shouted out as being two key facets of, of that original run of Gamera, the friend to children's bit and the gore, I think are 
nicely recontextualized here. Uh, I wonder what you what you felt about bringing back the character from the first movie who is who is the young woman. I, she's like kind of grown in this one. I don't know how old the actress was mm-hmm. um, com- compared to the first one, but for my money, I think it's kind of a nice, you know, it's it's sort of taking that that bit the like Gamera protects kids mm-hmm. bit that can be super broad and goofy in in the original sort of run of movies and specifying it with a specific character that being said that character doesn't have a lot to do in this movie so i wonder how you felt about bringing them back yeah yeah i don't know i guess it yeah it's just i guess it basically works as a device to signal you know clear continuity that it's the same Mm. camera but beyond that yeah she doesn't really yeah it is more specific in general but she yeah she she is so she is so disconnected from everything that that seems to occur that it's hard to like. She doesn't even really seem to be the catalyst for anything, any of the power he gets from people at the end or anything like that. From what I could see, yeah, that, she's she's very tertiary in this movie. Yeah, I guess it it's it's nice as like as like a continuity nod as this in this one, but it, it, I don't know if it has any other real utility beyond that sort of as they. They make a point of that continuity a few times. Mm-hmm. Characters are aware Gamera exists. They're aware Kaiju exists. There seems to be sort of systems and defense mechanisms vaguely in place. Which, as I mentioned when we were watching it, is kind of unusual. It's one of the things that sets the trilogy apart. Yeah. A lot of Godzilla movies end up being sometimes there's soft sequels to the movie immediately before but a lot of the time they're loose thematic sort of stylistic sequels to the movie before and a lot of times like a lot of times they're direct sequels to the original gojira only that damn that's pretty halloween built yeah, Godzilla, lo- like even the Western ones, they love to do that. Godzilla has appeared once before. It was in the 50s. It was in Japan. Wait, is that what the new um, MonsterVerse does? I thought it does. Too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yep. Yeah, 100%. It's classic. <laughs> um, and a, so many of the Godzilla movies end up being soft reboots. Or if they're sequels, it's like very throwaway maybe there's a character on like in a few occasions you know Mm -hmm. but it's like it's very loose this is the rare sort of tight coordinated trilogy not that there's a lot of narrative tissue but it's like this is the same world this is the same characters this is the same gamera Mm -hmm. here are the stakes here are whatever um and indeed the third one sort of goes back a little bit and you know calls back to the enemy the the foe from the first Uh, classic uh, which is classic Gios is of course a character dating back for like the second or third original run of gamma movies one of the better of those or maybe um so sort of a classic thing to have to to pick up on as being a nemesis but i think that's part of why people might like this one is that it's it's first of all maybe it's it's a bit that classic middle of a trilogy yeah people love that yeah yeah you can be a little darker you can assume knowledge of the world which lets you do less setup you know you're just in it a little more yeah be a little more dramatic whatever um and legion stands alone they've never appeared in another movie they only exist in this movie oh they're not an old character despite no totally new um Hmm. so it it really sets this as 
weirdly both the middle of a trilogy and a movie that stands alone kind of well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because frankly, like, there's very little context you need watching it for, like, who Gamera is or whatever. Yeah. If you're familiar with the idea of, you know, kaiju at all, it's pretty self-explanatory, I feel like. He's the good one. Yeah, 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 exactly. They just say he's around. Yeah, they've seen him before. He's a big old turtle. And yeah. And like your classic good kaiju, there's doubt, right? Is he fully trustworthy? We don't know. He is a big nasty monster, question mark. I was talking about, I I sort of brought that up maybe a little too too many times when we were watching the the character they use for this. Mm -hmm. I I think they put, put their hand on the scale a little too much having this guy keep bitching about Gamera. Like it seems not to be a... Not to be a CinemaSins guy, it seems to strain belief slightly, you know. Yeah, it was funny because you pointed it out and I totally agreed. He was doing some real like, I don't know if we can trust this camera guy. Yeah. And then I feel like we were both around the middle of his story, sort of general character. We were like, oh, that's reasonable. He made a good decision. And then he immediately went back to being like crossed arms. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It almost seemed like it was gonna. Yeah, he was gonna behave slightly more rationally for his position. He seemed to be. Yeah, it it seemed to be more a, a professional caution at first, uh, but then yeah, he just goes back to being an old curmudgeon. Gamera does clutch this one out without him, but mm-hmm. with, like you said, with the power of prayer. Which is the thing, 90s kaiju movies and some of the early aughts ones seem to just really like, like there's a couple, you know, whatever, Godzilla goes Super Saiyan at the end. Hell yeah. Kind of stories. This feels very uh, in keeping with that. And indeed, I think Gamera does it at the end of each of the movies in this trilogy. Because he does the thing in the first one, correct me if I'm wrong, with the, like, fire-absorbing, mm, yeah, you know, super move. I thought so. End. Yeah, he has a different super move in the, the first one. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he has a new one, this one. And I'm pretty sure he has one. Hell yeah. In the, in the third movie as well. Sort of a... I, yeah, the 90s, late 90s aughts kaiju movies love that shit. They love your battle-damaged, glowing Godzilla, whatever. Damn, classic. The, the, the shonen anime. But... Mm-hmm. No, really. Uh, might even start, like, late 80s. I might be underestimating how recent it is. It's been a while since I've done, like any of these franchises through i did them all through Mm -hmm. um eight seven eight years ago now yeah i remember that so if yeah if i'm if i'm fudging details you'll have to apologize i'll have to apologize i've only picked out my favorites for rewatch right right right. in recent years but uh you know i'm a big fan and general and i'm glad we got an excuse to talk about the good turtle yeah you see he was a, it was it was good to check up with the good turtle again uh yeah yeah he as long as a good turtle you know doesn't bitch at me for being fired as a surgeon as long as the good turtle doesn't wow. <laughs> topical yeah misgender a patient there's a little good doctor uh reference for oh me. good that was the the <clears throat> word I, I didn't even fully connect those dots i thought you just wanted to talk about the good talk i'm a <laughs> surgeon yeah. yeah 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 classic Cla- we, we, l- we got to do a good doctor side but i like it more when twitter recommends me eight bad good doctor memes than when it shows me a bunch of Ted Lasso fan cams, and it's either one or the other these days. Sounds like a healthy ecosystem you got for yourself there. Yeah, it's great. I've never clicked on a Ted Lasso thing. I don't know how it decided that. Yeah, it kind of fucked up. I'm like, oh, is that sports? And then, no, it's Ted Lasso. 
You gotta get Ted Lasso pilled now that you're a soccer pill. Now that you're a football pill. Gotta pill. gotta lasso myself to to uh Ted Lasso. I mean I don't That's the sport they play, brother. <laughs> I, the I don't know thing. about that. I looked up like this this internet article, it was a guide on what premier league team you should go for and it was like mm-hmm. if you like ted lasso you should go for these guys <laughs> i was like no, no what are you absolutely what, what are you what are you targeting me for yeah it was like leads or something who i think are like in danger of getting relegated so good thing i didn't listen to them good thing i don't like ted lasso <laughs> you know hey, you know you just gotta be nice when you're Ted Lasso, you just gotta be nice. I I hope in the last season he sort his facade breaks and he decides that you know he's he's uh, sick of being nice. He's no longer gonna be beholden to to slave morality. You know he's gonna become the Nietzschean Superman. There's a lot of quiet rumblings about that actor's personal life. Wait, really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh good. Oh yeah. So it's not so quiet then. It's growing into a yeah. Damn. There were a lot of like, wow, unnamed actor who's now best known for playing a nice guy on a TV show about being nice might not be- actually be so nice. Might might have a bit of a Jimmy Fallon alcoholism thing too. Based. Be. Hell yeah. That's all hearsay. Yeah, uh, it's alleged. This is all Twitter goss, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's alleged. I'm just saying maybe we'll get that sort of meta reflective to actually I think it's ending. I think mm. they've run yeah. out of ideas. Yeah, it is ending this season, season 4, I think. Well, I'll be sure to catch up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get messages about Ted Lasso now, I suspect, because we went on this detour. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, you, it. The, the thing is, is that you gotta. I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean, you, um, you, you have to. You, you have no choice. Ah, uh, fuck. You got yeah, me. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. Do we have? Yeah, I guess we can. We can announce our next episode. Maybe. Uh, do we want to? Is there anything else while I pull up those deets that you want to say about Gamera to Attack of the Legion? Now he's a turtle. That's all I got to say. I mean, it is a good design, right? Like he's just like a turtle. He is but a he's turtle. Kind of toothy. Yeah, he's a turtle. Kind of good. Um. So we're going to be jumping via another acting credit. We're going to we're going to jump via Toshiyuki Nagashima to talk about Obayashi's The Discarnates, which might be a hard movie to see. I'm not sure where that Listen, it's it's around if you're, you know, uh, resourceful. Yeah, fair, At me fair. on Twitter, and I'll hook you up. Oh yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about the discardets next week, so oh, yeah. you can do your homework. And until then, I th- I think we're good. Go pray to give a giant turtle your strength. Fuck off. <laughs> That's the bonus feed. I thought it was. I thought it was one. here too, wasn't it? I thought no, it was. no, no, no. I'm gonna do real plugs. Okay. You could find. The show on Twitter at credit underscore chasers and on Patreon where you can get the show ad free if there are ads here, question mark, but also slightly early and with monthly bonus uh, generally movie commentary episodes. We just recorded one as of right now in real lifetime on uh, Michael Myers' Cat in the Hat, kind of a fun episode. Oh, yeah. And um, that also gets you an incredible backlog of pod pod material at this point. A whole other show's worth of show, as well as bonus apps, which are also sort of one-off, unrelated movie pods. So uh, check that out. That's just a dollar gets you all that. And, well... A dollar gets you po- ad-free version of this pod and all the backlog content, and then the higher tier gets you our, our monthly bonus mm-hmm. now. 
And if you're joining at the $15 tier, message me, because we have to set that up as we get some more people. Right now, it's it's basically just, do you want to chip us some more bucks to cover our costs? But um, if we get some, some people looking for stuff in return, we'll absolutely set up like a separate bonus thing for y'all. Um, we might do something like, for example, just recording a sort of commentary as we watch these main feed episodes or something. You know, something low-key, but it'll be fun. So hit us up. But that's it. That's where you can find the pod. Credit underscore chasers and gamer.navy or patreon.com slash credit chasers. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the third wall. It's T-H-E, the number three, R-D-W-A-L-L. Breton, where can people find you? Agusfan95 on Twitter. Peace. Bye.